0: Last week, we identified the treasure of wisdom. And now what we're seeking to do is to accumulate this treasure of wisdom now in our lives. We identified that true worth is wisdom. And now we're saying, how do I accumulate this wisdom in my life? We start here, the fear of the Lord.
1: Hi, and welcome back to Live in the Light. I'm your host, Craig Turnbull, and with me in our studio is Pastor Robbie Simons. We're so thankful that you've tuned us in here again today. And just a reminder, Live in the Light is all about radical transformation coming through the revelation of God's truth. We believe that. We pray that for you, that today would be a day of seeing God's truth like you've never seen it before. And then as a result, your lives changed to the glory of God. We want that We want that, particularly for this day as we open up God's Word and go to Proverbs 9. And it's today we're talking about wisdom for the irreverent. Right, Robbie? One of the greatest truths that
0: we need, I believe, in our day is a return to the fear of the Lord. You ask why. Why is the fear of the Lord so important? Well, the Bible tells us today because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So let's just do the biblical logic there. You take out the fear of the Lord, and what have you just done? You've taken out wisdom. Fearing the Lord means that he comes first. Fearing the Lord means we honor him. We believe that his word is truth. Fearing the Lord is that we're not fearing man. But again, we're revering him. The fear of the Lord means that's what he blesses. That's what he empowers. That's what he fills. And again, most importantly today, that's what he grants wisdom to. Those people who fear him. You might say, well, what is the fear of the Lord? You got to stay tuned. We're going to tell you what the fear of the Lord is today. But again, again, our nations need wisdom. And wisdom is found in the fear of the Lord. So may this message impact your heart. Maybe you're a mom right now or you're a dad and seeking for your home or you're a student and you're trying to see how your life is going to go forward. Listen, listen. If You want God's wisdom. You start by fearing him, loving him, revering him, honoring him. And you will see his wisdom start to trickle down and then flood into your life through every decision and
1: thought you seek to make. He will be guiding you. That's when life gets fun. All right. Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, before we begin and get to our teaching, I just want to remind you that if you'd like a copy of today's message, make sure you visit us online at liveinthelight.ca. And while you're there, let us know how this ministry has been encouraging you. Or you can phone us up at 1-844-225-4448. That's 1-844-22-LIGHT. 1-844-22-LIGHT. Well, here we go. Proverbs 9, and here again is Robbie.
0: Find a Bible and open it to the book of Proverbs. Here we are in our second week in our series in Proverbs. The series title is The Worth of Wisdom. The Worth of Wisdom. Um, The bottom line for this series is really this, is when we hold on to wisdom we are holding on to something that is more valuable than gold. This is what God is saying to us. This is what we are being challenged to receive and learn. When we hold, loved ones, when we hold on to biblical wisdom, we are holding on to something the Bible says is actually more profitable than gold. So therefore, that being true, this series in Proverbs is a treasure hunt. Whenever we open up God's word, we are on a hunt for true and eternal treasure. Now, this is not an earthly treasure hunt. We spend so much time focusing on earthly treasures, which moth and rust will destroy, which have no eternal meaning, which are temporary in nature. This is not an earthly treasure hunt. This is a spiritual treasure hunt. This is a treasure hunt of that which can only be received from God. So whenever you're on a treasure hunt, what are you looking for often? You're looking for a treasure chest. And so I have this week found a treasure chest to highlight our treasure hunt. And I'm going to ask a Pastor Craig, would you just come up and help me out here for a second? Because I just want to reinforce the point you hold it up for the people. So the treasure chest is what we're going for in biblical wisdom. And I can't give you a a spiritual representation of wisdom right now in the treasure chest. So this is going to have to be good enough right now. But this treasure chest is really representing Proverbs 4, verse 7. The beginning of wisdom is this, Get wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. So the treasure chest represents wisdom. When I'm wise, I want the treasure. I don't want money in this case. I want spiritual treasure. But what the Bible tells us tonight as well, the fear of the Lord, Proverbs nine ten, Proverbs 7, 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. The treasure chest represents wisdom, but inside it now represents the treasure that we are seeking look at this. It's gold. Isn't that amazing? And, and isn't it great? I know. I know. It's great. It's great. Now, now remember, remember, spiritually speaking, when you seek the treasure chest of wisdom, you're desiring to find wisdom, the treasures of wisdom in it. The Bible tells us tonight, again, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So therefore we have a a gold brick. It's worth a lot. You probably can't read it, but it says fear of the Lord it says fear of the Lord. And that's what we're going for tonight. The wise person loves wisdom. You start with going for the treasure, and then within that, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord within the treasure box of wisdom. This is what we're seeking to do. And when you do that, you find yourself getting very wealthy in the eyes of God, because this is what he wants to provide for you. Craig, thanks so much. You can put that down. So who wants some, who wants some gold tonight? Here you go. You want, want some wisdom? There you go. There you go. That's great. There you go. Now, don't tell anyone Harvest feels paying people to come to church, all right? <laughs> As we're not doing that, but we are, we are presenting what God is presenting, a wisdom that is worth more than any gold than we could ever have upon this earth. That's a big deal. And again, the wisdom we seek now in the treasure box of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, and what a treasure this is. So listen, last week we identified the treasure of wisdom, and now what we're seeking to do is to accumulate this treasure of wisdom now in our lives. We identified that true worth is wisdom, and now we're saying, how do I accumulate this wisdom in my life? We start here, the fear of the Lord. You must start with the fear of the Lord. Now, when I bring up the subject of the fear of the Lord, some of us may not be convinced as to why this subject is so vital within our lives. But listen to what John Murray says as to the role of the fear of God or the fear of the Lord in our lives. It's on the screen for us here. Here's what John Murray says. He says this, The highest, this is so important, you got to hear this. The highest reaches of sanctification, that's just a big word for growing more like Jesus Christ, being transformed in Jesus Christ. The highest reaches of sanctification are realized only in the fear of God. The highest growth that we desire to see in Jesus Christ will only be realized in the fear of God. In other words, if we remove the fear of the Lord from our lives, we have removed the chance of growing most like Jesus Christ in this life that we live. That's a big deal. And I wholeheartedly agree with John Murray's statement in this regard as well. No fear of the Lord, no wisdom, no true opportunity for the transformation that God seeks to have within us. But one of the big issues in our day is that few have a proper understanding of what the fear of the Lord actually is. It's a subject in this time, in this generation, in this culture that has all but lost its importance. But just as bad, the fear of the Lord has lost its meaning in our day. So before we go any further, I want to get a strong definition that we can all see together as to what the fear of the Lord is. And as we walk forward in this message, this is the definition that we will take with us then. Again, I want to rely on John Murray. He said this so well. Here's the definition that he had down for the fear the Lord or the fear of God. He says this the fear of God in which godliness consists. Now, notice that right there. Godliness is dependent upon the fear of God. There is no true godliness apart from the fear of the Lord. And conversely, the fear of the Lord is dependent upon godliness. The one produces the other. They're like hand in hand. The fear of God in which godliness consists is the fear which constrains. He means compels or powerfully produces. The fear of God powerfully produces in us adoration and love for God. This is why the fear of the Lord is so utterly essential in our lives. To truly adore God, to truly love God, there must be a fear of God within us. It is the fear, he says, which consists in awe, reverence, honor, and worship. The fear of the Lord is seen in our lives as we are filled with awe, reverence, honor, and worship to our God, and all of these on the highest level of exercise. Again, we can't grow in Jesus Christ fully without the fear of God within our lives. He finishes with this. It is the reflex in our consciousness of the transcendent majesty and holiness of God. That's a complicated way of saying this. When you see how awesome God is, everything in your heart changes. And you call out to him and you love him. The reflex of our consciousness as we see how awesome God is, is the fear of the Lord. Because that's all the, the only right approach to this. As we understand he is God, he is transcendent. He is, he is far above us and yet he loves us. He is holy, he is awesome. Yet he has sent his son to die for us. It, it fills us with the fear of him which is so beautiful and so needed within our day. So the fear of the Lord could be found really in two words, this, it is reverential awe. It is reverential awe. Think of um, a couple examples um, in the New Testament. Think of um, Acts chapter five and Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira, they lied to the Holy Spirit. They said they sold land for this much. They lied, they sold it for the other amount. They find out they dropped dead, Um, And it says, and great fear came upon the whole church. What kind of fear? A holy, reverential, awe-filled fear and wonder of how holy God is, how serious he is, and how awesome he is, and the whole church changes because of it. You think of Peter in the boat with Jesus Christ, and the fish come walloping up onto the boat, and in that moment, whatever happens as Peter sees all this fish, what he sees is the holiness of the Savior, of the Son of God that is before him. He falls to his knees. He says, apart from me, I'm a sinful man. In that moment, he is filled with the fear of the Lord, recognizing Jesus isn't just man. He is God beside him, and all he can do is fall flat in his face, saying, I am not worthy, because he is filled with a massive reverential awe and honor for the the Son of God, the Holy One, who is literally beside Him in this boat—that is amazing. So, understand this as we seek to define in our own hearts the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord comes with really two things: it comes with immense awe, respect, and wonder, but is always associated with this as well—immense love, adoration, and wholehearted worship. So, loved ones, what 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 God's trying to say to us right now? And listen to this. There is no true wisdom apart from the fear of the Lord to put us in a place of honor and love in the way that our God deserves and the way that we should be living within our lives. So that's the bottom line for today. Our relationship with God determines our relationship with everything else, including wisdom, which the beginning of is in the fear of the Lord. So if you and I have any sense of wisdom within our lives right now, we will care very deeply about the fear of the Lord in our lives. And in fact, wisdom right now, wisdom says, you're right, you're right. The fear of the Lord, it is right. Teach me, teach me. Wisdom says, teach me. Foolishness says, what's for lunch? Foolishness isn't even even thinking about this stuff because it can't understand the importance and the blessing that the fear of the Lord brings. So we say right now, if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, we need the fear of the Lord and we need to be men and women who seek to be wise. So Father, I pray that right now. I pray that right now. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, please make us wise, make us wise. Oh, how we need you, Lord. i have just thinking about this subject all week, fear of the Lord, and I realize in my own life, where it is not, and in our church, Lord, or in this land, how casually we approach you at times, you become a vending machine to us, Lord, and just all we do is give me, give me, give me, and Lord, how we fail so quickly to honor you and to declare how holy and awesome you are and to recognize you are the one who created all things, and, and instead, we hold out our hands and just selfishly asking you for more whatever. Forgive us, Lord, for that. Forgive me, God. Father, forgive me. Forgive me and my selfish pursuits, but I... At the same time, I know, Lord, as much as I don't add up in this moment, I know you love me, and I know you love us, and that's why you give us messages like this to call us again to the highest levels of sanctification, which can only be found and realized in the fear of God. So thank you, Lord. Again, you do not leave us. You speak to us again, and would you do that now, Lord, through your amazing word and this amazing book of Proverbs. Lord, we want to be spiritually rich people, and that will be found in wisdom, and that will be found in the fear of God. May it be so right now, this day in this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Here's the question that we're seeking to answer today, then, from the book of Proverbs. Why is the fear of the Lord so vital in my life beyond what we have already said? But let's just be crystal clear. We have five answers as to why the fear of the Lord is so vital in our lives. Answer number one is this because wisdom begins here. We have just this a little bit, but let's dig into it deep now. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Now, we're going to turn to a lot of pages in our Bible today, all right? So get your fingers all warmed up, all right? And I want you all to go there to see what God has to say. Now what I have to say, what God has to say about this critical subject of the fear of the Lord. Turn with me first to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Proverbs 1, verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord. Proverbs 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now keep a finger in Proverbs 1, but also turn to Proverbs 9, verse 10. Proverbs 9, verse 10. And just hold a page in Proverbs 1. Hear all the pages turning? That's so beautiful, so beautiful. Love it, love it, love it. Proverbs 9, verse 10. Listen to this. The fear of the Lord, chapter 9, verse 10, You're almost all there. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Now, it's so important, as we read Proverbs 1.7 and Proverbs 9.10, these verses are the motto of the book of Proverbs. If Proverbs has one message, really, to get across, it's this message that the beginning of wisdom is found in the fear of the Lord. These verses really mean to Proverbs the foundational truth of what's being communicated to us. This theme occurs 20 times throughout Proverbs. And so we read here that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of both knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge and wisdom. Now these two words are not the same, but they do have a close relationship. You can kind of explain it this way. Wisdom can be seen as the best application or use of the knowledge I have. Let me say that again. Wisdom can be seen as the best application of the knowledge that I have or that I possess. Another definition for wisdom is, wisdom is knowledge rightly applied. Wisdom is knowledge rightly applied. But most importantly, what the Bible says to us right now, there is no true wisdom, there is no true knowledge apart from the fear of the Lord. I need you to get that. If you want to be a wise woman, you want to be a wise man, you will not receive that apart from the fear of the Lord. Now, see, people think they have knowledge, and many people think they have wisdom, but what Proverbs 1, Proverbs 9 tell us right now, without the fear of the Lord, what they are really doing is they are despising true wisdom and despising true instruction, even though they might have mounds of information in their mind. Because Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 says, the fear of the Lord's beginning of knowledge, fools despise wisdom and instruction. There's a contrast there again. So then, it's the fear of the Lord that becomes the difference between true wisdom and true foolishness. The fear of the Lord is the difference, loved ones, in our lives. The person who truly knows, truly understands, truly is wise, and the person who is living out in foolishness. That's why you can have scientists who look into the deepest recesses of space and are really at their fingertips, have a level of information that very few people in all of history have ever had, yet they lack the wisdom and the knowledge to see that God is the creator of the universe, and so they apply it to chance. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Or the doctor, the doctor, the surgeon, who's surrounded by the miraculous, awe-inspiring nature of the human body and its complexities and incredible intricacies and beauty, but look at that day after day and just, again, apply it to chance. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Or people in general who are so busy entertaining themselves in this world, they are never stopping long enough to look around and to see that creation shouts creator and that design shouts designer. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of true wisdom. You see, biblical wisdom, true wisdom, does this. As one commentator said, always factors God into the equation. True wisdom always factors God into the equation. And this wisdom, then, is applied in settings of every kind within our lives. Think about it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The doctor who fears the Lord, will not perform abortions. Why? Well, no matter what, they will not do that because they fear the Lord. There's something so much greater than being asked to do something here on this earth. It's a God who is watching. The business person will not cheat in business, will not conduct shady business deals, will not cheat the government, will not cut corners. Why? Because God is watching. Because they hold a the fear of the Lord. It doesn't matter if humans see, it's the reality that they are serving ultimately the Lord who sees all. That's wisdom. The husband or wife who fears the Lord will not be unfaithful to their spouse because they fear the Lord, because they don't want to be unfaithful to their God. The young man or woman, or the man or woman, period will not engage in premarital sex. Why? Because they fear the Lord. And it gives them wisdom to understand, to apply the knowledge they have into the situations that they are in. The pastor who fears the Lord will tremble at the prospect of preaching his word because it's his word and will conduct himself so carefully in this life, watching his soul and his own salvation with fear and trembling because of the responsibilities placed within him and what God has entrusted to him because ultimately he fears the Lord. And the fear of the Lord then brings immense wisdom and a seriousness and an honor and a fear and trepidation in a good way, just like in Acts 5 again, Ananias and Sapphira. That fear is awesome. It is right. and also produces adoration and love in a way that we could not know otherwise. You see, wisdom has also been defined as as this. I love these pithy little sayings here. Wisdom is seeing all of life from God's point of view. Biblical wisdom is seeing all of life from God's point of view. And that's our goal right now. But, 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 But notice the consequences. If you remove the fear of the Lord, then you remove wisdom. And if you remove wisdom, then you remove God's point of view. If you remove God's point of view, you're done. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we wonder why the church in our nation is so weak. This is, this is fundamentally, in my opinion, the answer right here. The answer right here. You remove the fear of the Lord and you remove wisdom. You remove wisdom and it's only a matter of time before the church roof caves in. Because you removed the Lord speaking through that church. Just this week, I heard of a, an event in Toronto. It was a, a tragic event of a house that three workers were in it, and the house just out of nowhere and seemingly without any warning, just it, it just collapsed. The house just collapsed, and I think one life was lost. That's a, that's a tragic event. It is, it is a powerful metaphor for the churches in our nation that at one time have started off in this robust desire for the gospel and grace and truth. But when you start removing the fear of the Lord from your midst, you start removing God's wisdom and you remove God's wisdom, it's only a matter of time before that church and that denomination could entirely cave in. Now you might have a physical structure on the street that is still there, but spiritually the structure has caved in a long time ago. That's the consequence of seeing the fear of the Lord depart from our midst. It's a big deal. Because you remove the fear of the Lord, you remove wisdom, you remove wisdom, and you begin to act as a country club of nothingness as opposed to a church that's proclaiming the holiness of God and the fear of the Lord for the furthering and advancing of the gospel. Loved ones, if we want to grow in wisdom, we must grow in the fear of the Lord. As we grow in the fear of the Lord, there's more awe, there's more wonder, there's more love for him. No wonder the fear of the Lord is so vital within our lives. It's it's where wisdom begins it's where wisdom begins and here's our our second answer why is the fear of the lord so vital because life is found here because life is found here check out how sweet the fear of the lord is turn your bibles to proverbs chapter 14 let's race go proverbs chapter 14 race the person beside you how fun is that proverbs chapter 14 verse 27 proverbs 14 verse 27 Someone just won, apparently. That's great. <laughs> Proverbs 14, verse 27 says this. You there? You there? It says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. The fear of the Lord is a fountain. Just picture with me. A fountain of life. Have you ever seen a big, huge fountain? I have a big, gushing fountain. Again, picture one in your mind right now. I've seen a few... A few in my day, often in the midst of a pond or often in the midst of a large pool of water, often a big gushing fountain, it's beautiful to look at, it's wonderful to put your eyes upon. Often the fountains are there to keep the water from becoming stagnant. A fountain of life, in verse 27, is a contrast to a stagnant pool. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, given the idea of of, of abundance, So to place yourself beside a fountain, it's to to get drenched, it's to get covered, it's to get soaked with water. That is so much fun in in terms and light of this verse. The impact then of this verse is that the abundance of life that is only found through the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord then brings abundant life to the present. But most importantly, the, the fear of the Lord as a fountain of life brings life eternal to our future. The promise here, the the truth here is that for people walking in scorching, bone-dry, dusty, life-taking desert, in emptiness and frustration and misery, listen, there is a fountain of life. There is a fountain of life that is found in the fear of the Lord, but notice the, the result. that It says in verse 27 that one may turn away from the snares of death. So listen also carefully to the life-giving words of our Savior, Jesus Christ, that fits so well with Proverbs 14, verse 27. And listen, this truth is only understood in the fear of the Lord. John 4, verse 14, I'll read it for you. Jesus says, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him, listen, listen, will never be thirsty forever forever. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And possibly you're here today to hear this, that the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life found in Jesus Christ who gives us water to drink that wells up to eternal life. I take nothing for granted that there are people here today, again, listening to this message, that you've been living life and you've been trying your way for too long. And if you're totally honest, if you're totally honest, as you look at your life and you look at your way and you look at your habits and you look at your path, if you're totally honest, you would say, It stinks. It just stinks. It isn't going the way that I thought it would. And again, if you're honest, then you know it. If you're totally honest, there's stagnancy all around you. Stagnant water is gross. Stagnant water is the world. It's gross. Listen, listen. You could be here today to hear this truth. It's time for the fountain of life. The fountain of life to cover you. The fountain of life to be offered to you in Jesus Christ by the power of his gospel that he lived and died but rose again for all who believe in him, who believe in him, will know eternal life and then will fear the Lord and they too will experience what it means to have the fountain of life upon them, allowing them to escape from the snares of death. This is for the person who fears the Lord. Have you been challenged or encouraged recently by something that you've heard on this program? This is your opportunity to step forward and give so someone else can be encouraged like you have been. You can give to Live in the Light online at liveinthelight.ca or by calling us at 844 225 4448. Or you can contact us by mail. Our mailing address in Canada is 500 Great Lakes Boulevard. Oakville, Ontario, L6L6X9. Thanks for listening to us today. Join us again next time on Live in the
1: Light.